0: And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, how are the mango bars? Well, I've only had like a bite or two of the mango
1: bar. Um, but it was quite good. It was quite mango-y. Mango is not one of my favorite flavors um, of things, but I would say, much like the melon bars, that the the taste is true to the fruit. It's it's a sweet but intense mango flavor. Um, just as the melon bars. There they are. The melon
0: bars are an intense. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, wait. Hold on. I thought you were out of melon bars. Did you get more? Or no, these... no, no.
1: I had I had two left when last we talked. And now once I consume this one, there will be one left. I, I... I, I don't necessarily um you know scarf these things down. It's been a while since I bought these even. But um but they're good. They are good in a pinch. I enjoy them. I just uh, yeah, I don't I don't always eat uh
0: a frozen treat every night. <laughs> I, is is it just that you have a rotating uh array of frozen treats or, or, or treats? Is it that Mrs. Manson is making some delectable dessert, you know, every other day or every day? Is that what happens? Honeydew. Um yes. Yes, that is a large part of it.
1: There's two different types of ice cream in the freezer. There's also a package of Snickers ice cream bars. There's these. There's the mango bars. Earlier in the week, she baked a Funfetti cake with vanilla frosting. I think as a... Actually, I think it was the end of last week that got made as a first first exam successfully completed sort of thing, mm-hmm. marking the occasion. Yeah. And I've been nibbling away at that all week. So, yeah, you know, it's there's... There are options aplenty at Manson Manor, that is for sure.
0: Um yeah, the Manson family and the Matthews family once again broke bread at a local uh breakfast brunch spot. You tease, you tease, you delightful tease.
1: I like the part where um where we walked into the restaurant and one of the young wait staff there said uh Hello, Mr. Masterson.
0: <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah totally. They were, it was uh, close, but totally. You know, a a a young, lovely young spirit who uh, went to school in the school I taught at. Uh, got my name almost right. Almost. It was uh, close. By, it was closer by, than 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 what my analogy would lead you to believe it was much yeah. closer it was one letter off it was really just one letter off um and it took me you know uh 10 or 15 minutes i remembered her name relatively quickly and then embarrassingly enough i'm like she had a sister who i actually taught this this young woman was just in the school like i knew who she was but she wasn't in my class her sister i taught and i had to be like go through my mental rolodex and finally i was like ah yes so, I was able to save face a little bit and, you know, call her by her name and have her, you know, send good wishes to her sister on our way out the door. But yes, I, that is the downside of that delightful restaurant. My favorite part, I, um, was when the food took a little longer to arrive than a certain person at the table would like. Um, I know uh, Mrs. Matthews just, she's got no patience. She, she is an impatient sort, but no, I, I You know, I don't know how much of it was impatience regarding the food or how much of it was um, Mrs. Manson talking about, uh, you know, a subject, uh, you know, old friends. And I don't know if it was old flames or I don't, you know, I don't remember the specifics of it. Oh, yeah. There was some um, there was some of that, but that doesn't bother me. You're not a jealous type. I was at one time in my life, but as you deep throat that melon bar, you're not a jealous.
1: I mean, I was maybe at one point in my life, but not, not at
0: this point. No, you no. you softened in your old age.
1: Sure. But, you know, we've all been places. We've all done things.
0: You know, that's fair. Where, that's how we end up where we are today. Fair, fair, fair. Um. Yeah, so yeah, you were a little uh, irritated waiting for the food to arrive. It wasn't so much the food. It was that the
1: waitress was basically non-existent. It took her forever to take the orders. It took her forever to, to come back with the drinks. When she did bring the drinks, she brought me a coffee. I hadn't had a coffee yet that day.
0: Crap. And she didn't
1: bring any uh, half and half a creamer. and I don't drink my coffee black. So I had to wait for her to come back, which took forever she, she was not attentive. And then once I finally had the creamer and started the coffee, uh, I think I was out of coffee before the food ever arrived. That didn't get refilled until Mrs. Manson grabbed another passing waitress who just happened to have a carafe of coffee to refill it. And then as we you and I both know, uh, you can see into the kitchen from, from in this particular restaurant from where we were sitting. And above the counter, there's where they put up the food that put the food up to go out. And our food was up and sitting there for, I mean, at one point, Mrs. Matthews, and I was going to back her up. I was going to be the muscle if we had to. She was like, I'm just going to go in there and get it. And I was like, Let's, yes, yes, we
0: should do this. Let us go. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the champ, a.k.a. Papa Matthews, at a friendliest one time went behind the counter and asked if they wanted him to work the grill station to make the food since it had been close to an hour and the food had not arrived. And so well, that
1: is ridiculous. I yeah. would have left. <laughs> oh my
0: god! No, no, that's not how, how dad works. Dad went back and sarcastically asked if he should man the grill station. Um, and they asked, they said this was for employees only. And he said, yes, but clearly no one's working here because we don't have our food.
1: <laughs> so well, let me ask you a question growing up. Did you, did you frequently go places with your parents and, and, and that some, things like that would come up and, and your, 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 your cheeks, which are always have this nice colorful rosiness to them. Um, th- did you, did you frequently find your cheeks burning? Um, sh- were you sheepishly trying to fold into yourself when, yeah. when events like this would happen or was this, a, was this not common?
0: This was a uh, maybe you reveled in it. Maybe you were like, yeah, champ, you get him. This was a very extreme case. Uh, My dad and I think I've inherited this long time, uh, long time listeners uh, can pay attention and hear sometimes the irritation in my voice uh, as we discuss certain people or certain things. I've never Uh,
1: heard you be irritated once in your life.
0: You're a kind soul. Um, but, uh, you know, dad worked uh, for pretty much my entire um, childhood. He was a health inspector. He went to group mm. homes um, that, you know, places that looked after the, uh, I'm not going to the intellectually disabled. I don't know if that is the PG term of the day. Um but he would go to those places and make sure that they were, you know, meeting specifications and doing those sorts of things. Um and so that included getting up at 4:30 in the morning and going showing up unannounced to watch them make breakfast and to watch them serve breakfast. It sometimes meant staying, you know. So he had very little patience for institutional um hijinks or you know things that were not managed particularly well so you know we would go out and your father sounds a lot like me (laughs) maybe that's why we get on so well maybe uh you know my mom is a kinder person but she is also she's the one who uh does not hesitate to send food back Mm. if something is not right she will send it back if it is still not right she will send it back a second time um, so it was always an interesting, uh, you know, thing. And I inherited some of that, um, early on in my relationship with my wife, she was like, you don't look waitstaff in the eye. And I was like, what? And she's like, they come over and ask to take your order and you don't make eye contact. You just place your order and like hand the menu off and you don't really acknowledge them. And I wasn't aware of it. And, uh, but, mm. uh, you know, clearly she's not lying. So that was the case. So I, I know
1: sometimes like you'll talk to me and not really acknowledge me. Like you'll just be staring off into space.
0: That's just doing your best to imagine. I'm not there. No, I wouldn't go that far. It's just sometimes when you're talking, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I go off into my own little world, just play with my Lincoln logs and try to, is that what we're calling it now? (laughs) Yep. All right. Um, So yeah, but uh, you know, I don't remember where we got on this topic. Oh, did it? I don't remember being embarrassed by it. Um, I remember being irritated and I always wanted to go because in my my world, this was all solved by going through the drive through at McDonald's. I could be home with Mm. a cheeseburger right now, or I could be in the car with a cheeseburger right now while we're sitting here waiting for this. Even as a kid, I didn't want to be anywhere. Like, we'd be out somewhere and I'd be like, when can I safely go home? Like, how quickly can this event be over and I can go home and make my lists or play my Game Boy or whatever? So, are your are your parents confrontational people? I would say no from the the few times that I have met them over the years. I would say no, maybe in the current climate with their current beliefs that has changed a bit.
1: Uh, my mom was always outspoken. Spoken. I don't think in a confrontational way, but she was never one to not speak her mind. Um. So, yeah, I remember being mostly embarrassed for most of my childhood. Yeah, Interesting. yeah, for sure. Okay.
0: And was was that shared? I know how much you love when we bring up your brother on this show. Was that shared by your brother? Were you both embarrassed? And sort I of presume commiserate. So. I don't know for sure. I don't think I've ever <laughs>
1: spoken to him about it, but I presume so.
0: Was there? A t- let's let's get let's get deep into this. Um, when you were a kid, did you find you were particularly close with your brother? He's older by a couple of years. Um, I mean, I think as close <laughs> as siblings
1: ever are. Well, that's not true. No, that's some, not true. Some some, some siblings s- are ridiculously close to the point where I I look at it and I'm like, okay, just fuck already, you two. Um, so you know, not like that, but I would say we're we were we yeah the average sort of sibling relationship. Um, but I don't yeah I don't think we were like particularly we were
0: like oh yeah this chick and that thing or like no not like a bro thing. You didn't or, confide in each other? No, nah, not really.
1: Not like that. Or Did he anything. ever take
0: you aside and teach you about the world?
1: No. No, none of that. So
0: He's never struck me as that sort, but I was just curious.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think so. Not so much. Not so Hmm. much. Always got along well. I mean, always got along. And we had some similar interests, um, video games. And we used to like to read and uh, wrestling. You know, we would go to wrestling shows and other live events and things like that together. So, you know, definitely had some common interests and would spend time together. But.
0: Is there a live event you remember the most vividly from childhood?
1: From childhood? Not really. I don't remember really doing many live events. I mean maybe like we went to go we went to go meet like um Texas Tornado and Jake the Snake at the local mall. So cool. We went That's to always with cool. my brother and my mom to do that. Um trying to think who else we might have seen there. I can't. That's all I can remember. Maybe Jimmy Snuka. We I think maybe we met Jimmy Snuka too. Um, these were like different events. They weren't all there at the same time. It was usually go meet one of these guys when they were around. You know, sure. I remember Jake the Snake was cool. He was cool as hell. But I imagine. And actually, I think the Texas tornado. When did when did he when did he
0: pass? Mid 93, two, ninety three. I'm gonna guess yeah I'm pretty sure I met him like the
1: week before he passed, Wow, yeah. I seem to remember meeting him and like a week later he was no longer with us,
0: yeah, I met Owen Hart, but it was probably four to five years before he passed. That was precursor to Wrestlemania Eleven, that fan fest in Hartford, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. You know, I, I'm always very interested in sibling dynamics because I am an only child. So the fact that I don't have them, uh, yeah, you know, like as a kid, we'd play together, you know, uh, do shit outside. And do you remember, whatever. do you remember looking up to him and admiring him being the younger sibling?
1: Mm.
0: Again, you don't present that way. You present as the older sibling. You present as the older, slightly more responsible, slightly more well put together. Usually the younger sibling is the one who kind of is a mess. Sorry if your brother ever listens to this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think I probably did look up to him because he was my older brother, especially when I was quite young. And I think you know, I probably was like when he was first going to high school and even when he went to college and stuff like that, I think there was probably some degree of that. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think so. I don't think it was like overwhelmingly, like, I don't think like, again, like, you know, movie style, like, uh, idolizing my older brother. He's in the army. He's a, he's a good guy. Like, like, you know, not like anything like that or, or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I think there was a reasonable amount of that. Yeah. You know, I think, I think anybody's got an older sibling assuming the older sibling, isn't just, completely uh, ridiculous. I think there's always a degree of that to some extent, but I, would even think he, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, like, it's not like he was dealing drugs or something like that. Would you, like, I guess there's probably some people who would look up to an older brother dealing drugs. I, I he think, probably has a pretty awesome snake and he's got a van. <laughs> it's a cool jean jacket. Like somebody's looking up to that. Who am I kidding?
0: Yeah, I I do think there is that. I think that no matter what, but I also do again, I assume that you always look up. I know that, you know, my wife's younger brother looked up to her in uh, his own way. And then when I entered the picture, he was still in high school. Wow. That's crazy. He's, I got two kids and then, you know, has worked as a law enforcement officer off and on for a while. Um, But, you know, he was still in high school. um, So apparently he latched on to me as well as, you know, sort of that older brother figure, which, again didn't make sense to me because i had no point of reference for it but uh
1: i can't read lips so i don't know what you want
0: oh thought you were talking to me for a second but no mrs manson has entered the picture and actually kind of interestingly i want to get her take on it if she happens to come in if not that's okay but she also has an older brother uh looks like she he's reading something
1: i get you and why didn't you just say that out loud can not I get you anything? Um, why isn't she talking? I don't know why she's not talking today. For some reason, she doesn't want to interrupt us. You couldn't hear me. I couldn't hear you, but if you just spoke, I could hear you. I can lips.
0: Get her over to the microphone. I want get to ask over her. Here.
1: He wants to hear about your brother.
0: My brother. Yeah, tell him all about your brother. the, no, the con- get her to the microphone. I am not going to give her any context. The the conversation. I asked your husband if he looked up to his older brother. So now I want to ask you, when you were a kid, did you look up to your older brother?
1: No, not really. I mean, we've had very different existences, different friends, different interests. He was there. He would, sit, he, would, he would sit on me for the television remote and we would watch way too much Sports Center when all I wanted to watch was Scooby-Doo. But and what he can you do? you would bite him. You'd bite him and you'd I, pinch yeah, him. Yeah, we would fight. I would bite him. He was bigger than me. I was smaller. So I had to get creative. Sometimes I'd just scream when he wasn't even touching me so that he would get disciplined and I would just laugh in the corner. So, you know, I think much, pretty typical brother-sister relationships.
0: How much older is he than you? How much older is he?
1: Three years. Okay. Except he doesn't think he's three years older than me. Yeah, because he, he doesn't think he's two years older than he me. He
0: doesn't know. Yeah, he's forgotten how old you are. Apparently,
1: yes. even though I've been his sister his entire life, because I am the younger sister.
0: That is true. Yeah. That is true. Well, that's not true because technically he was born first. So there was a time that you weren't born. Right. You've been his sister all of your life.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Not right. his life. But yes. What? What'd yeah. you break? Doc, what are you ordering? She asked, can I get you anything? I don't
1: know what's on the menu. Can I bring you anything? I mean, I ate a melon bar. I've got half a glass of water. I'm going to need more water at some point. But, I mean, I I don't know if you... I'll check back in 15 minutes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you.
1: Smooches. She's good. Yeah, she's the best.
0: She's good. She's good. I... uh. You know, I came home to lovely food picked up from the you know local farm stand and things, and we made dinner. And then I moved a TV into the craft room so that my lovely wife can be working in there while watching TV while we're recording. So
1: that was yeah. our setup. There you go.
0: I should go see if she wants anything. You probably should. I'll just that's vamp. Right. Yeah, that's all right. I think it's okay. Uh, what's new in the life of Doc Manson? You did mention your first exam. The exam happened. Uh, yeah. People did well, yeah. uh, if I remember correctly. They did better than I think you were expecting. It seems like people are understanding the material. You did talk about, and I don't know necessarily whether or not um, you know you feel the need to me- talk about this in great detail on the podcast, but you did mention uh, the idea of gatekeeping a course, which I found to be an interesting Topic, you know, this idea that there are some courses that are set up for people to fail to sort of weed out those who can't take it. And, you know, yeah,
1: I mean, that that certainly is a whole different concept weeding out. Uh, I guess when I say gatekeeping, I mean it a little bit differently because I don't necessarily because weeding out, I feel like is intentionally making a course difficult to the point that a good portion of the population is going to fail. Um, I feel like that's what people usually mean by weeding out. But by gatekeeping, I mean like gatekeeping the experience um, from here on out. Because, for example, like this is a course that is taken by a lot of pre professionals. So, people that are planning to go to med school or dental school or uh, vets or nursing or nutrition or, or you know, a lot, lot of different sort of pre professional, pre farm, um, all sorts of things. And so I think some people feel like they should be doing a, they should be doing what they can to make sure the standards are high, so people going into those professions have somehow proved themselves worthy of going into those professions. And I, I just don't know that that needs to happen at this stage of one's college career. Um, you, you know, like like there are. There are other things in place, like, you know, talking about med school, like the MCAT, that if you don't understand the concepts um, and you're not able to perform on the MCATs, well, that's going to hurt your chances of going to medical school. So, like, I'm not sure that you need to be doing that in one in, in a student's college career when there are these other um There are these other checkpoints that these students are going to come across. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't know that I agree with the idea of 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 yeah of gatekeeping. That's what I call gatekeeping. Um, I don't think you need to. I don't think that's your responsibility as the teacher. I think your 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 responsibility is to is to try to teach them the material as best they can. Whether they do or not, I feel like is ultimately up to the student. And if they choose not to engage, and again, I I don't want to say that's always the case. I mean, I think for some students, they maybe just don't click with the material or they don't click with you as an instructor and you're just, Mm -hmm. you know, but presuming that you're able to provide enough alternatives You've got yourself, you've got a textbook, maybe you've got some videos, maybe you can point them to other open educational resources, et cetera. As long as you've provided enough, at some point, if the student isn't performing well, then that's that's that, I guess. But, you know, you've done what you can. And I think that's all that you have to do as an instructor, at, the, at least at this level. Do what you can. Be kind. Teach well. and. See how it goes. Do your best to improve things for every individual.
0: I was going to say, now you're starting to sound like you're running for political office.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I do I do think it's important to treat students like human beings. I, I think too often that kind of gets lost, you, especially because this kind of goes back to the gatekeeping thing. You, you end up, especially at, at the college level, you end up with people with like these syllabi that have every policy under the sun and they try to make them as airtight as possible. And don't get me wrong, like I I do think having policies is important and I think sticking to your policies is more important. Um, But I also think those policies can go to ridiculous lengths and sometimes just saying to somebody, oh yeah, hey, I get it. Like, okay, yeah, we can... We can schedule that makeup. Like, you know what I mean. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's fine. I, I I don't know.
0: Is there a you know? You have mentioned either on these airwaves or at least just to me, you have mentioned the preponderance of emails that you have been getting. Um, you know, with people asking questions or looking for accommodations, some of which entirely justified. Yeah, but do you think people may? either now or down the road, take advantage of the kindness and the flexibility?
1: Um, People are going to take advantage no matter what. If Whether or not you're willing to be kind, um, they will always find the loopholes. They will always work the system. The people that are interested in taking advantage will always find a way to take advantage. And I think having draconian policies that, you know, hurt the majority of your population of students in an attempt to, to I don't know, an attempt to, I don't want to say ward off, but to circumvent the these people who do want to take advantage, I, I don't know that it's worth the trade-off because I think those people typically find ways to take advantage. There certainly are some, you know, systematic institu- institutional level ways that somebody who is, dedicated to the idea of taking advantage can do so. So I just don't know that it's my job to worry about that. If they want to take advantage, they're going to take advantage, just accept it and care about the students that aren't there to take advantage and the ones who are actually trying to learn.
0: I don't know. That's how I kind of feel about it. I think that's entirely fair because you're right. Some, you know, whether it's cheaters going to cheat or, you know, people are going to, like you said, take advantage regardless. Uh, I think you'll get better response. And maybe it is a reflection of the fact that they did so well in the class because you are so open and accessible with the materials. Although I do want to ask, first exam, I've been saving this question. Hmm. How do you prevent uh, cheating? Are, do you make them turn their baseball caps backwards? <laughs> That is a good way to cheat. Um, that was that was a that was a thing when we were in college. I remember sitting in exams and baseball caps never going to fit this head, so it didn't apply to me. But they were like, you can't use your phones, baseball caps backwards. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I, I try to do the bare minimum: phones away, other devices away, nothing out other than your pen or pencil. Or well, these days a lot of exams are given electronically, so they do have a device out, whatever their device is. Um yeah. But if you're doing that, typically you're having them use a piece of software that locks them to the browser screen; they can't go to other sites. And again, there are ways around that. Some of it trivial, right? Sometimes in some versions of Windows, if you just open up the the, the application switcher, like you can get a preview of something else that you have pre-opened in the background. So like sure. if you just opened up a photo of your notes, you could. You could potentially see that. You know what I mean? So like, again, the point is you do what you can to discourage, right? Mm -hmm. And that's always what proctoring in person was about and having people turn their hats backwards and all that. You do what you can to discourage cheating, but I don't know. I think after all this time, at least my time um, in and around academia, uh, I, I just don't think that you can prevent cheating. I think you can discourage it, but the people that are going to want to beat the system, the ones they're going to find a way. And again, that kind of goes back to the gatekeeping thing. I'm not sure that's my problem. I'll discourage it as much as I can, but at the end of the day, if they don't learn it, if they don't really learn it themselves, okay. I mean, they might do well enough in my class, but are they going to be able to pass the MCATs? That's their problem at that point.
0: Yeah, Uh, You know, I, I do want to point out, I I teach seven- and eight-year-olds. They just took uh, a you know online math test, because that's what we're doing to seven- and eight-year-olds these days. And I have to put them on their Chromebooks, because each kid has a Chromebook in my classroom. I have to put them on a pre-installed lockdown browser that prevents them from opening any other tabs. That's exactly what we use. And it doesn't work a hundred percent. I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah, Uh, but uh, they're eight. They can find a YouTube video if they want. Um, They can, you know, do that, but they're not going to go look up the answer to a math problem. Like, and I understand it's a district wide thing. Middle schoolers might be different, but I'm like, can you cut the young kids a break? And me as someone who now has to go around and either teach them how to do it or go around to all 16 Chromebooks and, do it manually to put them in like it's ridiculous i will say i was very surprised
1: in this um first assessment i i told them no calculators because there is a calculator built into lockdown browser that you can enable and i enable it with the scientific functionality so they're good i tell them you don't need a calculator use the scientific calculator built into lockdown browser the number of people that do not know how to use a software calculator blew my mind. <laughs> I couldn't believe the number of people who were like, How do I make this negative? How do I do the log? Because, like, you do have to do things out of order. It's not intuitive, right? You have to do, like, if you want to take the log of negative three, like, you read it left to right, you go <laughs> log negative three but that's not how it works you do you input the three you f- you do the plus slash minus button to flip it to a negative and then you then can you go to the log button log to the x and x is whatever you perv- previously typed in um the number mm-hmm. of college age students that have no idea how to use a software calculator really surprised me and i i i i, I find that happens more and more i realize dc i realize i'm a smart guy okay I realize I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty smart individual, and I realize that I'm pretty tech savvy. Right, I've been working with computers and bullshit my whole life. It's been a hobby. I love it, but I really, sometimes I really can't believe the things that people don't know how to do. It just, I, and I have to take a step back, and I'm just like, oh, I guess, I guess most people don't know how to do this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it always throws me off sometimes because I don't think of myself as being particularly smart in most parts of my life. I think I suffer from imposter syndrome a lot where I feel like I actually don't belong amongst all these smart people um, in many of the places I have found myself. Um, but, yeah, I, sometimes I have that revelation where I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I am just
0: a, a smart guy and. I should not expect this of people. You've also, over the decades, put in your ten thousand hours of work in this area. Absolutely. So, so that knowing that you know, knowing how to do log negative three is second nature to you. For me, I'm like, I don't remember what a log is except for a Lincoln log. Um, But you know, log base ten. What? Log base 10?
1: Natural log? LN? Log base E? No? Nothing? Not doing anything for you? The natural log? No. Okay.
0: As you were? No. I remember I I had a TI-83 graphing calculator at one point, and I remember trying to figure out how to make some very cool designs with the graphing formula, but I don't remember a single thing about what I did with it, except that I had one. Did you ever
1: so. um take a TI calculator and create a program and then put all of your notes for an exam in there and, and try to cheat that way? No. Because that was totally the thing. That's that's why they tell people not they can't use calculators, they can't use graphing calculators specifically. That's what they're worried about. And I, I just I wonder these days, again, like I don't I don't I think it there'd be very few students. That would know how to do that or would think to do that. Yeah.
0: Anyways. Yeah. No. But then, you know, because I have... Because school was easy for me into middle slash high school, and even then there were still elements of it that were easy for me, the idea of wanting to cheat on an exam never really entered my head because I, in addition to being pretty okay at school, I, as my mother-in-law put it very early into our knowing each other at my graduation party, when I was jumped up on a picnic table to make some announcements, I don't lack in the self-confidence department. So I'm just like, Oh yeah, I've got this. I'll be fine. And then, whether or not I am is a different story but you know going into the exam I'm like I'll figure this out. Uh have we reached a point since we're on the subject let's let's carry it through. Have we reached a point where you know even the entire idea of cheating is you know at what point in in your job is there ever a time where you're not able to look something or in your day-to-day life you're not able to look something up if you need it?
1: Yeah. I do think that there is something to the idea. I think you have to have a strong enough foundation that you are conversant in many of these ideas. You have to have a general idea at a low level of the properties of things, how they tend to interact, things like that. Um, But yeah, you always have access to information in the age of the Internet. I think we're long past the idea of memorizing equations of any kind. I mean, I think you might you might ask a student to memorize an equation if you're like, "Listen, you're going to need to use this for 8 weeks of your laboratory, so just memorize yeah. it. I'm going to hold you to memorizing it now so I so you know that you know it." But like outside of that, I don't see much value in that. Although, I will say cuz like this came up In my course already, there was this equation and I didn't care about the equation, really. I didn't want them to memorize it. I didn't want them to be able to do calculations with it, What I wanted them to be able to do was to look at it and understand what the equation was saying, right? You've got this value and it's equal to this series of variables. And you've got these variables that represent these things and they're in the numerator and you've got these variables, meaning these things, and they're in the denominator. So generally, you know, understanding that if one of these terms in the denominator gets to be very large, it doesn't matter what's in the numerator, right? If you've got something large in the denominator versus something small in the denominator, that's always going to be a much smaller number, right? So if that variable yeah. is large, what is that telling you ultimately about this value that this equation is solving for, Right. I'm being very vague here, but but like that's what I care about. Like, do you understand what the equation is telling you and the implications of it more so mm-hmm. than being able to do anything with it?
0: Sure. Well, and equally, you know, having been a you know education slash you know history major, it's very similar to the you know those kinds of things. Like, you take a history class, you don't need to know the exact dates of the Russian revolution, but you need to have a specific, some sort of specific idea of what happened, why it happened and what it meant. And you know, that's the, yeah. And again, same idea. Yeah. Yeah. And teaching, teaching young children. I'm like, you know, I need you to know why for my higher kids, I need you to know why four times six is 24. I don't need you to know that it is. It's cool that you've memorized it. but you can't tell me what it means. I need you to know why it's important that we know that.
1: I think that might be, I'm always sort of bewildered by the snippets of, um, I don't know what they're called at your level curriculum, whatever these plans are that that tell you how to teach students. I, I do think like everybody sometimes looks at, looks at it, like, especially like you see like these boomer memes on Facebook where it's like, Oh, uh, I learned math perfectly fine back in my day. What is this shit? Like, why did it, why did math, when did math change? You know what I mean? But I mm-hmm. will say like looking back at it, as you just said, like learning my multiplication tables, that was pure memorization. Yep. Like I knew that seven and seven was 49, but I couldn't tell you why or yeah. how I, yeah. you know what I mean? I think there's probably a lot of value in, in in flipping that approach with younger students, it probably, sh- I mean, it should, I would think, result in individuals with a better ability to work with. We work with to understand quantification in different way in in different ways that than we do. You know,
0: yeah. There's an element to it. You know, right now it's like we're doing some fairly basic addition. And I would like the kids to know all the different ways to add to 10, six and four, seven and three, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But then you also need to know why and what we're doing with it and all of that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I remember in school learning the tables and never once do I recall having a conversation about what it means. It's just this is something you need to know. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. I can tell you that 12 times 12 is 144. But when that has ever practically helped me in my life, outside of maybe, you know, answering a trivia question or doing some sort of math in my head that would have taken me 30 seconds longer on a calculator. And I just feel like that's that's the rub too, because yeah, I could tell you again, yeah, 12 by 12,
1: 144. But ask me to do 12 times 16, and now I'm at uh 144 plus. 48, 48 to 196 right you know what I mean like I imagine uh, no,
0: Sorry.
1: I, I imagine there's a better way to do that um and if you understood more what it means you wouldn't be relying on those shortcuts yeah. like that because I don't know that relying on shortcuts like that is the best way to think about it maybe it is
0: I don't know well I don't know, teach young kids no, you should though. I would. I would pay money to watch that. Would you? I think you'd be good. I think you would be good at it. I think if I brought you into my class to do some sort of fun science elephant <laughs> toothpaste sort of thing, yeah. I think you would enjoy it and then be like, "Okay, I'll do this." You know, once a year. Goodbye. <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh well, we're forty-one minutes in. We've talked of a whole lot about a whole bunch of topics. That again. Never expected us to talk about, but that is why I love this show. Is there anything, Doc Manson, in the world of wrestling, um, it was kind of a slow week considering, you know, uh, CM Punk kept to himself. Uh, There wasn't a pay-per-view or a PLE. Uh, Anything in the world of wrestling that interests you? Or did you just kind of leave it off to the side?
1: Mostly left it off to the side. I mean, I did try to, you know, check out last week after we recorded what was the update on the AEW situation. But as you said, yep. I mean, they addressed it briefly in saying that the titles had been vacated. But that was all that's really been said about it. And I don't know that really anything else is known.
0: So, yeah, on Wednesday, I was I watched the I tuned in to the beginning of AEW because I wanted to see what was going to happen. And I was disappointed, uh, but not surprised that Tony Khan, with his wide-eyed craziness, um, didn't talk about it. And I was like, you know, that's a bit cowardly. And now, in hindsight, I'm like, you know what? Him bringing it up, yes, it acknowledges that it happened. But it also gives more credence to whatever happened and causes those people who, you know, I don't know the number of AEW fans who are not internet fans, but there has to be some. There have to be some people who are watching it who may not be. And actually, those are the people that I
1: think are probably the most confused by it. Because in theory, you've got people who maybe watched your pay per view on Sunday night, right? And you crowned a new champion, you crowned inaugural trios champions. True. And then three days later, Tony Khan yeah, opens the show saying, "Oh, so these titles are vacant and you yeah. would be like,
0: wait, what? I, Why? I what? do I I think it should have been addressed somehow besides Moxley coming out and cutting a promo about passion and, you know, we want to be, you know, we want people here who want to be here or whatever it was that he said after he announced he was so mad that he had to cancel his vacation." Um, but yeah, you know, I also I imagine maybe there's some legal ramifications involved maybe yeah you know maybe somebody i won't presume who is threatening to sue somebody else or some other company i won't presume what and you know they have to sort of not mention it uh because of those legal proceedings but regardless you know uh i didn't watch much else after that i was mjf cut a very nice promo um i'm glad to see him back uh you know they're doing a tournament or something uh you know the one nice part about this is the first ever double champion in AEW um is PAC and that's a nice little you know bit of trivia for him someone who is if i remember correctly one of the first like WWE to AEW yeah transfers um and then sort of disappeared for a long time so now he's the Mid Atlantic champion and the one-third of the trios. That's nice. You know, Pocky two belts. I'm okay with that. So I will say I've missed
1: seeing Pock. He's good. I'm reminded when I see him of how much I do like him. So
0: he's one of those rare wrestlers that feels like, again, he does feel like gravity has different rules. His body moves through the air at like a different rate of speed than other people. He just has like the best sneer. In the business. yes, That character's great. It's it's fantastic. I I find it hilarious. I feel this way about Sami Zayn, too. Um, You know, Neville was a very vanilla, bland babyface that got nowhere in WWE. They made him wear a cape. And then turned heel and became 32 times more interesting. And Sami Zayn, I loved babyface Sami Zayn, but his heel run... I was a little nervous about it. He's doing fantastic. This whole thing with him is part of the bloodline. I continue to say he should be the one to beat Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania. Um, it makes the most sense from a storyline perspective. But yeah, it's uh you know, it was a it was a slow week. I didn't watch a lot of wrestling, uh, but you know, we're we're heading on. There's gonna be I'm sure something oh some new tournament continues to crown the AEW champion, not an interim champion, just the AEW champion. Uh So yeah, you know. It's not a bad week when things are quiet. Um we should mention this. I don't know if it's going to come up in the emails, uh but we should mention this. Um have you properly mourned the queen?
1: Um yeah, I would say I've
0: properly mourned the queen. Have you Have you sat with your thoughts? Have you wept? Have you shed a tear for dear Queen Elizabeth? No,
1: I have not. But again, I do think I have properly mourned the queen.
0: Yeah, I also don't know anybody in our bestie chat who has necessarily mourned the queen. I don't think this is a, an
1: original thought per se. Um, but I just, to me, the Royal family is the UK's version of the Kardashians. Oh, 100%. Like I, I, yeah, at, at this point anyways, like I, I they are spectacle and that's it. I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of silly in this day and age. And I know there's some talk about ah oh, this person going to get rid of the monarchy I, uh, I think that I mean maybe but like I think the reason why anybody would want to keep him around is just like tourist money right like Oh sure that's got to be a big business for for the country as a whole but I I don't know
0: Yeah uh, you know it's it's one of those things yeah, you hoped. Well, I wondered if they'd abolish the monarchy. I wondered if King Charles would abdicate for, um, you know, for William or whatever. But then you see an, ar- an article headline that says Prince William just inherited a six hundred eighty-five year old estate worth one billion dollars, and you're just like, "What are we doing? What 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 are we doing here?" Because I, I would they- I would
1: like. I would like some of our UK besties to write in and, and to tell us their thoughts about King Tampon. I I, I want to hear their perspectives on that.
0: There was a lot of backlash, you know, some gif was out there about um, you know, him signaling to some staffers to clear off a table and everyone was like, you know, I can't take this guy seriously. I have no respect for him. And I'm like I get it. It's a bad look, but this guy was raised like this. Yeah. Like when you have spent your entire life getting weighted on hand and foot, you eventually just expect that in 15 minutes, somebody's going to come upstairs to double check and see if you need anything. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Speaking of which, where is she? I don't know. You out of water. I am. And then meanwhile, we hear, you know, this just came out. The, the, billionaire Patagonia founder is giving away the company to, you know, the, now the profits will be used to fight climate change. Allegedly. Um, you know, and it's just like, it, I, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on, but you know what'll make me feel better doc. You know, you know what'll make me feel better emails, the emails podcast at dot We have three, but they're going to be great ones. I can tell the first one comes from Nate. How long? Is too long. Good
1: afternoon, DC and Doc. DC, I told you I'd expand on my thoughts in my email, so here I am. I like the finish at Clash at the Castle also, but two years into a reign, you can only do so much that's new. They've done a lot of creative things and finishes throughout the two years, but it feels like they've done them all since we're back to a relative helps him retain. And if he's going to hold the titles till after WrestleMania next year, then it's just not for me. And that's cool. I'm very much into the mid-card titles and tagged for now. How long do you think a good world champion should hold the title? Do you like how TK handled Punk and the Elite? When you ever get disappointed in life, how do you deal with it and spin it? Hope you both have a great night, your bestie Nate. Sent from the desk dentist puking emoji. I'm sorry. If to hear you're that. puking at the dentist, you're having a problem. I used to puke at the dentist when I was a kid. They used to make me do the swish and spit with the fluoride. Uh, yeah, the fluoride would get, give me a reaction. It would make me puke. I don't know. Wow. Yeah.
0: Interesting. And they just kept doing
1: it. Well, eventually they realized that is what was doing it, and yeah, they stopped.
0: But it took a while. Do you do you do fluoride now? Like I mean,
1: I do fluoride like in
0: toothpaste. Yeah. Um, but, like,
1: if you remember when we were kids, there used to be like this separate fluoride swish. Do they still yeah. do that with kids or no?
0: I'm assuming so. I don't yeah, they
1: probably do it in counties where there isn't fluoride in the water still. Um, but um, yeah, there was that. And then what, when we used to go to the dentist, they used to do these things, like these things that they would put in your mouth, these forms, right? And they would fill it with this paste that was like a fluoride paste and just
0: like the peanut butter.
1: Yeah, they had different flavors, bubble gum and whatever. Um, those in particular would make me puke. I remember just having those in my mouth and like the dentist would walk away because, you know, I had to sit for a while and I'd just be puking the whole time. Um, and it took a while before they realized probably even a, that I was puking. I don't know if i necessarily told anybody the first time it happened. That was just like, uh, you know, um,
0: and then wouldn't they be aware? I don't know. Maybe. Do you puke differently than other people? Is it invisible somehow?
1: No, but like if you puke into the sink thing, it's gone. If it's a liquidy puke, and if you're going to the dentist, you haven't really eaten necessarily. Okay, that makes more sense. All right.
0: I was going to say. And
1: I was real young, so I don't really remember if this was a recurring thing. But I do remember puking at school because of the fluoride swish. I remember puking at the dentist. And then I think after we figured it out with the dentist... Then I got a note from the dentist that excused me from doing the swish at school. And that was that. Hmm. But I don't know what it was about it. But yeah, I don't seem to be like allergic to fluoride itself or anything. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. Uh,
0: Nate, I, I tried to explain this. It's hard to do in 240 characters or whatever the limit is now. Uh, here's why I liked what happened to Clash of the Castle. According to WWE canon, not talking about. NXT. You have to kind of ignore NXT 2.0. But for those people who are only watching Raw SmackDown pay-per-views, nobody talked about the fact that there was another Uso brother. Had never been, never brought up as far as I know, or never brought up that he was a wrestler. So when Solo Sokoa shows up, all of a sudden you know who he is, because he looks enough like Jimmy and Jay. They can mention it, the commentators can mention it. And all of a sudden, here's a member of the, you know, of the Samoan dynasty bloodline lineage that you didn't know. So Jason Maltov or Chris McGu McGu, however he pronounces his last name, uh, on the New Age Insiders podcast, he very hilariously said, Now, if you're wrestling Roman Reigns, you have to be looking for Samoans everywhere, because you don't know how many more they are. Is there another Uso brother? Hint, yes, there is. Is he a wrestler? Don't think so, but there is technically another one. And so you don't know who's going to show up. So that's what I thought made it interesting. It wasn't the Uso's cheating. Heyman didn't you know, blindside the referee or whatever. Sami Zayn didn't come out. It was somebody that if you watch just Mondays, Fridays, and on the, the PLEs, you had no idea he existed. That's what I thought made it special, personally. Okay, interesting. How long should a good world champion hold the title, Doc Manson?
1: For as long as it's fresh, original, and interesting.
0: Yeah, I I think we have reached a point, I will admit, we have reached a point where whether we're waiting for The Rock at WrestleMania 39 next April, I don't know if we are, whether we are waiting for... I don't know what we're waiting for now. Maybe we're waiting for Cody Rhodes, Um, but yes, I can totally understand. I can get it. If you were in that crowd in Wales, you wanted Drew McIntyre to win that title. I do totally get that. And should should Owens, should Roman have lost the title before this? Probably, but now they're going to go with it. They're going to stick with it and, you know, WWE is in a place right now where I have faith in them that whatever the story is going to be is going to be worth it, and so I'm I'm going on for the ride. But I also agree with what Nate said: the mid card titles are great. Um, you know, there's a couple of good teams now that are showing up, which should make the tag titles interesting. So I'm I'm happy. I will say the to sort of
1: what's what has me interested, what has me intrigued about wrestling is I heard that there was a uh, a fade out of the NXT 2.0 logo and a yes. fade in of a white a new white and black logo yes. that has me that has me yeah. interested
0: with, with a little bit of like a gold backlight. So you're like it's kind it's probably going to be some sort of mixture of what we loved with the black and gold of Owens and Balor. And I think Zayn it just
1: signifies a return to a mindset. And that's what's important to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, Solo Sokoa shows up at Clash of the Castle, um, helps Roman win, is introduced as the newest member of the bloodline, and then goes to NXT and wins the North American title. Is he going to be on SmackDown with a NXT belt? I don't know. Is he just on NXT now as a member of the bloodline? And now there's a bloodline, you know. Will the Usos randomly show up and help him retain that belt? It's like having that family with all that gold. Is it? There's a lot going on that's interesting. Uh, do we like how TK handled Punk in the Elite? I think we kind of just talked about that. Um, no, but I also understand there's probably a reason why it had to happen the way it happened. Agree. That's my thought. Yeah. Whenever I get disappointed in life, how do you deal with it and spin it? Doc, do you ever get disappointed? I don't think you do. You're a pretty positive guy. You ever get disappointed, Doc? Never. I'm a pretty positive guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um You just have to keep in mind, I guess, the things that you've got that are pretty good. And don't forget don't ruin those things because of other things.
0: Mm-hmm. I uh, uh, Nate, buddy, booby, baby. I'm gonna I'm gonna Teach this as I would my class. So I don't think you're eight years old. I know you're much older. You're at right. least 50 Everybody 16, break years out
1: old. the Chromebooks. Open up lockdown browser. A,
0: <laughs> let's sit crisscross applesauce, hands in our bucket. Um, you know, the first thing we have to do is we have to understand that it is okay to feel disappointed. We're going to feel those feelings. And it is okay. It's not a bad thing to feel disappointed. And it's okay to let yourself be disappointed for a while depending on your level of disappointment. Because, class, there are different types of problems and different types of disappointments. We have small problems, big problems, and serious problems. If you are disappointed about a small problem, you have to talk to yourself a bit and let yourself know that it's a small problem. And, you know, I didn't get to use the elliptical machine I wanted. Somebody else was on it. You'll be back at the gym tomorrow. Hopefully, you'll be able to use the elliptical machine then. Bigger disappointments allow for bigger feelings, and you can be disappointed for longer, but you also have to, again, find the positive. I highly doubt that everything in your life is disappointing. There is going to be something to hold on to that is working well. If, it's, if your job's not working great, fa- hopefully, your family's doing well. If your family's not doing well, hopefully, you have a good group of friends. Wrestling is great. Distractions are great. The Minnesota Twins, hold on, let me check the standings here. Are the Minnesota Twins still in first place? Uh, uh, okay, no, the Minnesota Twins are in third place. That's disappointing. I was hoping they were going to do better. They're a five hundred team. What the hell happened? Um, but yeah, you know, we—it's a mindset. You gotta, you gotta take it, own it, feel the disappointment. And then decide what you're going to do about it. Now, everyone, uh, take out the cots. It's nap time. I I wish we still had nap time. Do you not have nap time? No, we
1: don't have nap time. Was that a thing at your age or is it only younger?
0: That's a preschool kindergarten thing. We'd have rest time. Like, you know, if you're in preschool all day, there's usually a rest time where people can take naps. But yeah. Okay. Our next email comes from Glenn. I think he's going to steal at least one of our thunders here, possibly with our piece of positivity. Three, two, one, bake. Hi, guys. It's Bake Off
1: season again. So this week's question is, if you were on the show, what would be your signature bake? Mine would be a wicked Victoria sandwich I used to make before I was on my own.
0: Thanks, as always, Glenn. Are you not allowed to make the Victoria sandwich anymore, Glenn, because you're not on your own? I think you should still make it. I, don't know. I plus I I've I am sure we've talked about the bake off enough that I am sure I have mentioned my problems with the Victoria sandwich cake before. The ratio is all wrong. All wrong. Way more cake. Yeah, you know, like like the 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 ratio of cake to frosting to jam. There's like three times the cake. It's got to at least be you know. Closer to fifty fifty, but that's just me and how I like my cake. Mm. What would your signature bake be? I know you're a big baker, Doc. You're a huge, huge baker.
1: I think if I had to choose something that I wanted to try to perfect, I think it would be a jelly roll. Ooh, okay, interesting. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things there. The geometry of getting that perfectly right, sure. I, th- I think, would be an interesting challenge. Um, mm-hmm.
0: and, and yeah, I've always enjoyed a good jelly roll. So, so is he is he asking us to pick something we want to make, or is he asking us to pick something that we already make that we think would be
1: like? Oh, well, that's interesting. Our best foot,
0: our best foot forward.
1: I mean, if I had to pick something to bake, um, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm not much of a baker. So I would probably go with some sort of cookie recipe just because I have made cookies <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <Sure>.
0: <laughs> that's less interesting than a jelly roll. <laughs> hey, you know what? They rarely do like out and out cookies. And I know it's a difference in kind of how the UK does things, but maybe with the great American baking show, well, whatever that they, comes that's out. That's what
1: they call. They call them crisps, chips, no chips,
0: I mean, chips or fries chips or fries. I thought crisps were chips. What the f- biscuits? Biscuits. biscuits. biscuits are yeah, my brain was not working there. But but you don't see you don't see them ever go. Oh, I made a lovely chocolate chip biscuit for you. I don't think that's it. I don't know that that is a thing. UK's UK besties, let us know our chocolate chip cookies, whatever you call them. Oh. You damn crazy Brits, um, or UK folk, uh, do you do chocolate chip cookies? Because they're delicious. I would probably do a banana bread. That is probably my signature.
1: When you when again. you cook a, a a a bread loaf, do you do it do it do you, yeah. do you do it as a loaf first of all? Yeah, I have a loaf pan. Do you do you how do you how do you bake it? Do you go low and slow or or, or what? How, how do you? I
0: bake it. I bake it according to the recipe my mom wrote me. But um, you know, it's like three twenty five, three fifty for about an hour.
1: Yeah, low and slow. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of recipes you'll find online have you go higher for a shorter time, and the center's never cooked. These the edges are 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 burning up, and yeah. the center's not cooked.
0: I still have that problem with the banana bread that I make. The outer ed- the outer pieces are dry. And you got to slather them with butter, um, and I make, of course, chocolate chip banana bread, and you still got to slather them with butter or jam or something because they are just dry and as someone who's trying to watch what he eats on the rare occasion that I make banana bread, you just throw those pieces away and eat the middle, which is better. But I do love myself a banana bread. That's, that's the one thing, you know, most of the time, if there's baking being done in this house, it is not by me, but I am the banana bread boy in this house. So uh, before we get to Mrs. Manson's email, I'm not loving, Doc, the fact that it's seven, a little past 7 p.m. and it's starting to get dark out. And this is the last year with daylight savings time. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. So that means. I don't remember if we're falling back and then not springing forward. Yeah, I believe that's the case. We don't spring forward, I believe, anymore. So we'll fall back one last time. And then we're stuck with it.
1: Yeah. So if we fall back, it just yeah. means it gets darker even earlier.
0: Yeah. It means that the summers will never like, you know, the idea that like it's nine o'clock and you can still see outside because the sun's still not perfectly set is going away. I would rather do the opposite. Me too. I would rather spring forward and then stop, but that's, I don't know. I also don't know if that's true. I don't I know think what the that's right. Is. but I'm not a hundred
1: percent sure either.
0: Either way. Either way, either way. Uh, Mrs. Manson, champagne and egg rolls. Dear DC and Mrs. Matthews. Oh, email from my wife. Thank you for influencing me. Walk away. The egg rolls, the eggs rolls, came out pretty well, and I was pleased with my first attempt. Always happy to go for brunch and a trip to the Asian market with you. Next time, I'll enjoy the mimosa first, and then drink water until my entree arrives and get the coffee with my food lessons learned cheers mrs m your wife was drunk i also
1: think that the smart thing here to do would be to
0: enjoy a water first and and then drink the mimosa with the food. yeah 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 she was she was giggly and tipsy and she was fine in the asian market but those last five or ten minutes of brunch you know she was she was in rare form that wife of yours she's great my wife mentioned it she was like i'm a little tipsy but she ha-, you know she hides it well <laughs> <laughs> she hides it well uh yeah we you know my wife found a recipe for a air fryer spring roll egg roll sort of thing we bought some wrappers from the asian market she made a mixture have you ever had char siu barbecue sauce
1: not beforehand no
0: oh man uh you you have some have you tasted it yet oh, we had egg rolls so i presume i have yeah if you ever just taste the barbecue sauce on its own, um, it is exactly the flavor of the red pork that you get at Chinese restaurants.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: Okay. That's the pro- that must be the primary ingredient of that sauce. Because I bit into it and I was like, I need to buy some pork ribs <laughs> and put this all over it. Yeah. Because that would be delicious. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, we shared the recipe. I think... I don't know if I shared a recipe for the apple pie egg rolls. I think I just mentioned kind of a brief overview. But yes, uh, my wife's latest thing is apples, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of sugar. You microwave it till it gets soft and almost like an applesauce consistency. Roll it in the spring roll wrapper, pop it in the air fryer, and it's like a McDonald's apple hand pie thing, except way better. So Hmm. they're delicious. But yes. Uh, always delighted. Uh, you know, I think this really should become a monthly thing. Brunch and the Asian market,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> until your wife can figure out the mimosa to food ratio.
1: I mean, and if we figure it out too well, we'll just have to move on to multiple mimosas.
0: That's true. And maybe by the second or third time, young Zoe will know I am not Mr. Masterson. Seems unlikely. Probably. Doc Manson, give me that piece of positivity. What do you got that's going on in your life that's good and getting you through the day? Hmm. Uh-oh. I forgot. Every week we do this every I week. I forgot.
1: I'm, yeah. I um hmm. I finished only Murders in the Building season two. That was and? it was good. I think the first season was better, but. It was good. I enjoyed that show.
0: Why was the first? Well, the first season's. Well, that's a whole other question. We would probably need a whole episode for. Mm. Is the first season often better than the second? No. No. No, actually, usually the second season is better because then they know who they are. Like Parks and you've talked about Parks and Rec and how the first season is terrible. Unwatchable.
1: I also think the first season of the American office is not great. Yeah. The first season of the X files is not great. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So but, yeah, the West wing was good in the first season, but the, the later seasons definitely got better. Um, But yeah, that's one of those shows though. I, you know, that to me felt like a one season show. I haven't watched it. I mean, I keep meaning to, um, but I haven't watched it, but that seemed to be like, and I, I don't know a huge amount of premise, but just the idea of it, I was like, that should be a one season show. And then you kind of move on. So the fact that they're trying to squeeze a second season out of it, seems yeah, a third. Oh man. Yeah. Well, okay. Then. Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's good. It is good. And I will watch the third season. I, the second was still enjoyable enough. Um, like I, I know I, I, I did. It was, I enjoyed it. It was still good, but I, I, I do think I, the first season was better thought out, more interesting. Um, this one, it just felt like a lot of wheel spinning to me. Like f- I I was convinced that for basically like the first six episodes of a 10 ep- of a 10 episode season, that nothing of really any real importance had yet been established. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether that's, I don't, I won't comment on whether that's true or not, but that's how I felt at least. And, um, yeah, I don't know. The first season, though, with everything being new, everything they were establishing from episode one on had importance because it was all new. It was all stuff you were learning about. But there were so many, you know, returning characters and established relationships. And it, like there was just so much that it was in the second season that I just felt like this isn't actually giving me any new information. It's just here. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. Again, enjoyable but I felt like the first season was better. But yeah, so only murders in the building. I'll I'll count that as a piece of positivity. It was still
0: Fair good, enough. and I would
1: recommend it even still. So,
0: Well, all right. I expected you to take it. Uh, it didn't happen, so I'm going to go ahead and scoop it up while I can. This Friday, um, the UK besties have been teasing it. They've been wonderful and not post- posted any spoilers that I have seen, but the Bake Off. Returns to Netflix. Oh, Netflix.
1: Okay. Netflix. I wasn't I was not yeah. aware it was coming back.
0: Because you don't have Netflix, right? I don't
1: have Netflix. And I I honestly don't think I had heard that it was coming back yet. So
0: yeah. All right. Um shows how often you pay attention to the bestie chance. Yeah, not much. <laughs> um, but yes, uh new seasons started not much on Tuesday. Recently. It's been busy. Besties. That's true. That's I true. I apologize. Um uh, no no. Everyone knows you're busy. You get all the praise for just doing this show, let alone being part of the Bessie Chat. Uh but yes, uh dropped on Tuesday in the UK, which means they should arrive Friday for us. I don't know about the Great American Bake Off. I want to look that up because I the more I think about it, the more I'm excited about that. But yes, we'll get to see the, you know, the Great uh November 30th, 2015. That's not true. Uh Yeah, we'll get to see the great steely eyes of Paul Hollywood. We'll get to see Matt and Noel and Prue, and I'll get to fall in love with someone like I did. Oh, wonderful Giuseppe, my my love Giuseppe. Uh, you know I'll pick a favorite and hope and pray that they make it through to the finals. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, looking for things to watch is always something I need. I always need things. Uh, to watch Roku. The Great American Baking Show is happening on Roku. Uh, hmm. does anyone have Roku? No. <laughs> the great. The Great American Baking Show. Yeah, apparently it came out in 2015. Baking Show the competition, season 1, season 5. Oh. Oh cool. Yeah,
1: I just went in, I just I went into know. my sonar um application, looked up the Great British Bake Off and maybe we'll be baking off tonight. Let's see.
0: Hey, Sonar's your cheater cheater way, your little yeah, it's, sneaky it, it's it's my thing. it's
1: my way of, of managing television shows, yeah.
0: And horror movies, correct. No,
1: it's radar. Movies is radar. Sonar is uh, television.
0: All, all completely legal.
1: Completely, there's nothing illegal about any of these apps. Actually, okay. You mean that? Yeah, I mean software isn't illegal. There's nothing
0: illegal about any piece of software. That's fair. All right, all right. Apparently, the Great American Baking Show is not till 2023. So we have we have a ways to go yet. But I will take solace in making fun of Paul Hollywood and enjoying Matt Lucas and his silliness. So. That's what I got going on. So there's there's things to watch on TV there, besties. Take a break from watching your wrestling. Take a break from watching your American football or your European football and watch some great uh, TV. Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head on into that good night?
1: If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog of episodes by going to your podcast repository of choice, And finally, if you like what you've heard, and really, how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights
0: on and it does keep the podcast train chugging. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us on yet another episode 335. Hey, I got it right. Until we meet again, my friends, won't ya be a bestie?